Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Opinions. Everybody's got one. You know the rest. The trick is finding one that's actually backed up by expert analysis and accurate information. The word is trust. And we've got plenty of it to go around. Get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Radio Network. You're listening. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Late night anger match class, this is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Um, yeah, you know what? There's a crazy free agent class in, in baseball, but we shouldn't really talk about it because, and that's, I honestly would be talking about it a hell of a lot more. All right. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of question marks about the Dodgers and stuff, but quite frankly, there's going to be a lockout. Right? Like, there's going to be a lockout. There's no way in hell. All right? There's no way in hell. There's a better chance of me being the next singer of Van Halen. Okay? Um, Than than these guys coming to a deal by December the 1st. It's around the corner. And they don't agree on anything. Like, I'm not even talking about, well, they disagree on this and that. Like, we went over some of the parameters that these guys are arguing about and the, the sides that they're on. It's, they're nowhere near the same page. They don't like each other. They, they never have. They've never been able to coexist properly. They're both... I'm not going to say they're both greedy because it's much more the owners. And the players are always going to get blamed for this stuff. But So whatever. Yeah, all these players are available and stuff, but whatever. Right? There's going to be a lockout. And, and if all these players don't sign by December the 1st, then there's no negotiating after. Like, the league comes to us, guys. So that's another thing. It's not like that's why I bring it up. It's not like, well, they can just work things out. Yeah, they can work things out, right? It doesn't mean like automatically if they don't come to a deal by December the 1st that there's a lockout. But what it means is the league is frozen. Nobody can sign anybody. Nobody can trade anybody. The league is suddenly, in effect, like closed. Let's just call it out for what it is. The league closes December 1st. And once it's closed, it ain't open until they come to a deal. And these guys ain't going to come to a deal. So you, you know what I mean? So I don't want to get depressed about it because whatever. It is what it is. If they play, we'll bet on it. We'll watch it. If they don't, hey. You know what I mean? I love baseball. I love the Dodgers. But Mookie Betts ain't paying my rent. Life goes on. <laughs> That's the thing that these they got to realize. Every time baseball has good ratings and goodwill, they screw it up. That's another thing, too. So, so it is Thanksgiving next week. And... Um, 
We're just talking. Kurt sounds very excited about it. He said you can't beat it. Like family, food, friends, football, and all that. I guess I'm just a, you know what, I'm like the Grinch. I'm like just a bitter, jaded person. To me, Thanksgiving is just solely a day in which there's afternoon football. That's all it is. Like I, I don't, I don't acknowledge Thanksgiving as a holiday. <laughs> like, it's, like to me, it's not a holiday. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, if Jesus, if Jesus dies, it's a holiday, right? Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Christmas is a holiday. Christmas is a holiday. Thanksgiving is just no. You want a day off and you want to eat turkey and watch football. It's not. You're not thanks for anything. You're not thankful for anything. You just get a bitch all day about things. People just fight at the dinner table. Oh, what about this? And I can't believe you voted for this guy and that guy. Or thankful. People aren't thankful for anything. It's just a day with football during the day. That's all it is. Simple as that. Nothing more. Nothing less. The late night anger management class. I am the Grinch. <laughs> Thanksgiving is nothing more than another day with football. Football. Like I said, so like, what kind of holiday is it? Like I said, to me, someone like famous had to die for it to be a holiday. You know what I mean? Like Martin Luther King Day, that's a holiday. Christmas, that's a holiday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, the, uh, the 22 days of Hanukkah, or however long it is, those are holidays. It's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's just a day that the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions play on. Right? That's that's the day. And I don't want to hear it. We're going to hear a bunch of jackasses. Oh, the Detroit Lions, why are they on TV on Thanksgiving? It shouldn't be them. Because they are. All right? That's why. Because it is. And 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 everyone else should like it because you, so you get a free win. It's one of these deals, too, in my entire lifetime. And I'm not young. In my entire lifetime, the Detroit Lions have sucked. All right? They've never been good. They were good for a few brief years with Barry Sanders. They won a playoff game. Right? They made the playoffs. They won a playoff game once. Then they got murdered the next week. And then um, they weren't bad with Jim Caldwell. That's when they screwed up. Like when they fired Caldwell for, for Matt Patricia. But... Like, basically, like, for the history of this Thanksgiving Day game, it's basically like, oh, God, the Lions are on TV again, right? It's one of those deals. But this year, it's kind of fascinating, especially if they haven't won a game yet, because this is the game I think they're going to win. And that's the game I'm going to bet on. I'm going to bet on the Lions' money line. We're going to step up, and that's that's the game I think they can win. That's, that's the game uh, I think they can win. Listen, they can win any other game. They nearly just beat Pittsburgh, but that's the game that we've had circled. That's the game we've had circled. So, God bless George Kurtz and his, his enthusiasm. This guy was really fired up for, like, the holiday aspect of Thanksgiving. To me, I'm just thinking, well, the Bills better beat the Saints. <laughs> that's the way I look at that day. It's like, yeah, the Bills are playing the Saints. And they're going to be a bunch of stupid, like, everyone's going to show a bunch of turkeys your turkey leg. Uh, and during the games all day. Listen, Madden was the one to do it, and that's it, all right? It's probably too politically incorrect to get people turkeys on the field now anyways. Thanksgiving came early. There were 22 turkeys on the field tonight. Called the L.A. Rams. Howard Balzer joins us next. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. National Football League. It was the Cam Newton uh, experience. Talk to me about what went down uh, yesterday with uh, Carolina and Arizona, in your opinion. As in any situation, there's never one reason. There's a variety of them. And and certainly, it, it just shows how a lot of times there are so many that you know, look for the low-hanging fruit and try to make a big story out of something. And granted, it was, you know, Cam Newton coming back. I mean, he ran for a two-yard touchdown. Wow, what a ramble. And then he threw a two-yard touchdown pass. Incredible accuracy on that throw. And yet no one's talking about how Christian McCaffrey just shredded the Cardinals' defense. In fact, Gabe, he had more yards from scrimmage himself than the Cardinals had as a team in the entire game. And so that, to me, was the story of McCaffrey and that defense, which just basically shut down a Cardinal offense that, yes, didn't have Tyler Murray and didn't have Chase Edmonds and didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, but they could get nothing going. And they kind of, they kind of played a little bit into Carolina's hands, not that they, they, they did it purposefully, obviously, but a turnover on the first possession. Don't make it on third and one and fourth and one on their second possession. Then the next possession, down 14 nothing, they do move to the Panthers' 31-yard line, and you're going, okay, score here, you're back in the game. And then Colt McCoy suddenly thinks he's Kyler Murray and rolls to the right, tries to throw across his body, horribly overthrows the receiver, and gets intercepted. And before you know it, with a minute left in the first quarter, they're trailing 17 nothing. So it was just a compilation of things. You know, they're missing two starters in the offensive line. But, so, but they've overcome injuries before. On this day, they couldn't. And, and the point you made was a very prescient one, that this is going to happen. It happens at basically every good team in the NFL. And, in fact, here's a stat for you, all right? Here's a stat. In the last two weeks, there have been four games each week where a team in first place or tied for first place lost to a team with either a 500 or a losing record. And so four times each week that has happened. The Cardinals were one of the four 
uh, yesterday to go with Tampa Bay, uh, losing to Washington, and, of course, uh, Baltimore on Thursday night losing to Miami, and the Chargers losing to Minnesota. So it's going to happen. The one thing that you wonder about a little bit with the Cardinals is it happened at home where they are 3-2 and two and haven't played well, even in the wins. They didn't play that well. And yet they're 5-0 and oh on the road, and every game they've scored at least 30 points and have won by 10 points or more. So it was a little strange it happened at home. But, you know, the Panthers were energized. Uh, they got a lead, and the Cardinals with Colt McCoy, a quarterback, couldn't come back from that. And then he gets hurt, and they had to play their number three guy, Chris Streveler. Former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, uh, Chris yes, Strebler, <laughs> performer, CFLer, Winnipeg Blue Bomber. We're in conversation with Howard Balzer. And, Howard, as you stated, and it's a great point that you raised, you know, it just it happened with, with Baltimore. It happened with, with Buffalo uh, last week against uh, Jacksonville. And I saw Emmanuel Sanders say something interesting after the Jacksonville loss. And he said, you either lose or you learn. And he said, we didn't lose against Jacksonville. We lurked against Jacksonville. And he said, we lurked that we have to be prepared and be on our A game every week. And sometimes when you lose, you really win, right? And I know, listen, there's no silver lining in losing. A loss is a loss. There's no moral victories in pro sports. Uh, but this might be the little bit of the cold shower and the wake-up call that Arizona needed uh, in a sense and say, hey, anybody in this league can beat us down by double-digit points if we're not on our game. No, you're 100% right, and that's that was the message that uh, all the players talk about after the game. Cliff Kingsbury said it. He said it again today, talking to the media, and that can be a wake-up call. There's no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And you, you know, you all talk during the week, and you say, "Hey, you're asked if it's a trap game." No, it's not a trap game. We, our goal is to go one and zero each week. We we understand the importance of it. But well, the last like, time yeah. you and I spoke, Howard, sort of jump in, but I was going to say, I remember the last time you and I spoke. It was before the Houston game, which kind of was kind of a trap game. It was sort of the same thing, but not really, because I think one thing too, I just want to throw, like, yeah, like people can look at Arizona. Oh boy, hey, Christian McCaffrey's a damn good football player, and as you stated, a guy racked up hundred. 61 yards receiving. Like so, you know what I mean? He's a good football player. They have talent, and if Carolina gets good quarterback play, they're a competitive team. No, you're 100% right. And even that and that game against Houston, which was home, heck, they were losing that game 5 nothing. Uh, in the second quarter, and but Houston was just outmanned and, and just doesn't have the talent that that the Carolina Panthers do. And let's remember, I, I think the Panthers were somewhat energized and juiced by the return by by having Cam Newton there. But the other thing is, this team is now four and they're five and five overall, and they're four and one when McCaffrey has been on the field. And so that's how important he is, obviously, to this franchise. He only played, I'm trying to remember, he's either like two or three games last year, and they did not have a good season. So as Howard stated, the Cardinals had 169 net yards, and McCaffrey had 161 rushing and receiving yards. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's a pretty good football team, and they are fast on defense, and they're very athletic on defense. And, you know, they, 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 they got the job done. And so I, and what happens, you know, there's one thing that and I'm, I, I always wonder what, if people have the same take I have. Because you often hear after a bad loss, well, you know, we didn't have energy. You know, we didn't have this. We didn't have that. Well, sometimes, and I think maybe most of the time, the energy is taken out of a team by the other team. And it's not like you're not out there playing hard and getting, trying, you know, trying to win or Yes, preach to me, yes. 
Yeah, but the other team just has a little more, and they get a lead on you, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? I, I hear it all the time. You know, a team gets, in, in baseball, a team gets, gets beat 4 nothing or whatever it is, they get three hits, and the people say, man, they just look listless. They didn't have any energy. <laughs> well, of course they didn't. They couldn't get anybody on base. You don't need, I said the you don't same thing last night, hit. Howard. I swear to God, I said the same thing last night because you hear people, well, that team just didn't show up. It's like, no, right. they showed up. The other team showed up more. <laughs> right. That's what I said. Exactly. Right? Like, I don't think any player, like, say, oh, I'm mailing it in this week. No, they all think I'm going to score a touchdown. I'm going to get a sack. I'm going to put big numbers up. I'm going to do my job. But sometimes, and I know it's cliche, but and I know it'll piss some people off, but I do believe sometimes the other team wants it more, Howard. I do believe that. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes that's the case. And, and I think... I think, too, it's interesting this year in the league that when I mentioned about the Cardinals at home, you know, going into this week, this, this week the road teams had a winning record in the NFL. Something oh, like that's 70 crazy. And 60, 70 and 66. So I, I think to a degree – now, I, I think to a degree, you know, teams – Teams aren't intimidated anymore going on the road. And I think sometimes they take that us-against-them mentality, whereas the home team, well, you know, we're playing for our fans. We have to play well. We want to put on a show. We want to play well for them. And all of a sudden, the other team comes out and says, hey, not so fast. And before you know it, you're in, you know, you're, you're in the ringer. And so I think there, there's, so much, there's so much about it. It's obviously the most physical game there is, but there's also so much mentally uh, involved. And, but again, when, when you, you – and, and, they, they, you know, and everyone looks at it like – the whole team. Well, on, on the on the third play of the game, DJ Humphreys, uh, you know, uh, you know, Hassan Reddick, you know, made made him you know made him look like a matador, where he was going one way and then went the other, and he just waved at him as he went by. That was one guy missed the block, and the quarterback gets sacked and fumbles, and. You know, Carolina gets the ball, I think it was around the 14-yard line. That was one player made a mistake. Eleven guys didn't make a mistake on that play. But one guy got beat, and that, you know, that turned it. Next possession, they tried to gut it on third and one and fourth and one, and they got stuffed by a physical defense, and it was in their own 41-yard line. They went down and scored again. And so that's, those are the, the, the individual plays that change games, but then everyone afterwards wants to make these blanket statements about, oh, how the whole team was – you know, you know, didn't give effort or, or didn't have energy. And I think sometimes that's a, a huge oversimplification. Howard Balls are with us. Listen, uh, Howard, time has just flown by. So let's just take a quick break. And I want to get your quick thoughts on, on Kyler Murray and D-Hop and when they're coming back in the future moving forward. The late-night anger management class continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Rage. I am Gabriel Moretz. We're kicking with Howard Bowser. Always love talking football with Howard. Time just flies by. So, Howard, um, you're only as good as your next game, not as good as your last game uh, in the National Football League. And I don't you know. I don't think Coach Kingsbury, no one will ever admit it publicly, but, and I'll ask you, Howard. So, they, they, they didn't play Kyler. They don't play D-Hop. It's two games. They beat San Francisco, and then they lose to Carolina. I'm sure, you know what, if they, if you would have asked them the one-and-one split without these two star players and impact players in the lineup, they probably would have taken it. But could they have played? Could Kyler have played? Have they been erring on the side of caution? And is he going to play this week? What's, what's, the, what's the situation with, uh, with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins this week? Well, Kingsbury said after the game yesterday that he wasn't ready, and it was as simple as that. Now, that doesn't mean he couldn't have played, and if it was a playoff game, I would venture to say he probably would have played. But obviously there's a lot at stake here, and the one thing you don't want to happen is put him out too soon, and then the injury gets aggravated or he hurts it more or whatever happens, and then all of a sudden it affects you for the rest of the season. And so I think they want to be totally sure that he's ready. Same thing with DeAndre Hopkins. Don't get him out there too soon on a hamstring injury. They kind of did that playing him against Green Bay in that Thursday night game. He only played 15 snaps and he aggravated the injury. And so now they're, they're being very, very conservative with it. And one thing of note is that they have a bye after next week. And so now next week's game is a pretty big one, although it's maybe not as big as it would have been yeah. because they're playing Seattle on the road and the Seahawks are, think of this, if the, if the Rams are, I mean, if the Cardinals are able to beat the Seahawks in that game, the, the Cardinals would be leading the Seahawks by six games in the division with six to play. So this is, this is, this is obviously going to be a desperate Seahawks team. And you can't look at it and say, well, look, they couldn't get the offense going against Green Bay yesterday. On oh, they're, they're wounded. They're wounded beast. You're right. They're, right. they're struggling, but there's always going to be dangerous. And it's a great point he raised because there's going to be the temptation. Oh, man, this is a division game. we got to get back on track. We can't play around. And then, as you stated, you've got that bye week. What a difference that makes as well to everybody's health. It's a real – you know, they're at the poker table right now, aren't they, Howard? They've got some decisions to make. They, de- they definitely do. And so we'll, we'll see. I mean, Kingsbury said today that it'll be close in terms of Sunday with Murray. So the question becomes, well, how close do they feel he can protect himself? Can he be effective you know, in, in, in that game? you know, against Seattle. So they'll have to make that decision. Same with Hopkins. They, uh, they also were missing, you know, Justin Pugh, the starting left guard uh, yesterday. And so, you know, A.J. Green came back from the COVID list, but it just looked like he wasn't all there. He had one catch for four yards. And so that, that's not easy to come back when you haven't done anything for 10 days. And so they, you're right. They do have a decision uh, to make, but I, I think they're going to err on the side of caution uh, because, you know, he, you know, whatever happens, but of course, you know, Colt McCoy's banged up too. I mean, he, he, he strained his pectoral muscle and they think he'll probably 
be okay. So either way, you're going to be going with a guy that is probably not going to be 100%. So which is the way that you want to go? But they also know that after that, like I mentioned, they have the bye, and then uh, six games uh, to end the season, including games, you know, three others or four others against teams uh, with losing records or 500 records. And so you just got to make hay with those games. But, you know, they do have a game against the Rams on Monday Night Football in about a month. Uh, they got Seattle at home. They also have Dallas on the road. So, and they're in, they're in a heck of a battle, obviously, with the Rams for, uh, for the division. And you like, well, I was going to say you'd like to have a home game for the playoffs, but the way this team plays on the road, maybe you'd rather go on the road in the postseason. So it'll be very interesting what, what they decide for this game in Seattle next Sunday. Howard Balzer uh, with us for a couple of more moments. You can read him over at si.com slash NFL slash Cardinals. So, Howard, you know, we, you and I talked about the MVP a little bit last time we spoke. And, I, you know, the other the MVPs in most leagues just annoy me because, you know, you brought up baseball uh, a couple of moments ago. And I'm thinking, well, how is Otani the MVP and Trout the MVP if your team is in third and fourth place every year? And, right. you know, and Bryce Harper. And, and, you know, we see this in the NBA. Is it the best stat award? That's not the most valuable player, right? You know, so I've always, you know, that's always sort of bothered me. I, I will give credit to the NFL media, though. It seems like to, to win the MVP in the NFL, you've got to win and you've got to put up big numbers. There's a combination right. uh, of the two of them, and I respect that more uh, than the other leagues, that it's just basically, well, you put up big numbers, uh, and it doesn't matter how the team did. So I want to ask you about Kyler Murray. How many games can he miss before it would take him out of an MVP conversation in your opinion, Howard? Like, I don't hold it against him for missing two. Is missing three too much? Is missing four too much? How many games, in your opinion, takes him out of the conversation? It's a great question, and I think four potentially could. I, I do think that you can make the argument that when when a guy doesn't play, and then if he if, and then misses a couple three game whatever it is and then comes back and plays well on the team and the team wins then it shows truly how valuable he was especially if they lost when uh, when, when he was out and so but I, I don't I don't know that there's truly a magic number but a lot would depend on who you're going up against you know and and there are obviously going to be a lot of different possibilities uh, for this award. Well, here are the odds, Howard. Here are the odds right now at FanDuel, okay? So Josh Allen is the favorite. I'm a diehard Bills fan, and in fact, the two guys I picked before this season started were Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. But I don't think Josh Allen's playing MVP football. I don't understand why he's the favorite. I don't get it. Tom Brady's the second choice at plus 300. Then you got Matthew Stafford at 6-1. to one. And for me, Howard, and I'm curious your take on this, the definition of how do they do with them, how do they do without them, look at Dak Prescott. Look at Dak yeah. Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, how valuable is this guy to that franchise? Very. And up, although he did, you know, it was horrible last week against Denver. And, and so, but, you know, guys have bad games. So that, I, I think this is going to, unless someone just totally catches on fire in these last couple months of the season, then I think this could be a very, very close race. You're 100% right about the winning. In fact, I did a study last year where I, and, and, I, and then I updated it this year where I looked at the, the last 21 years. And people say, why 21? Well, because last year I did 20, and so I just added a year to <laughs> last season. But in the last 21 seasons, the average wins for the guy who won MVP, the average wins for his team was just was right around 13. So that wow. shows how you have to win. The other thing the NFL does, does right, I think, 
with the awards is they have an MVP and they also have an offensive player of the year and the defensive player of the year. So there's sometimes a situation where one guy is just so outstanding, but maybe his team is good, but not great. And say, okay, we'll give, you know, we'll vote for him for that award. But I think this one could be very close. You have to believe, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to be in the hunt. Aaron Rodgers is still going to be uh, in the hunt. And, you know, who knows? It usually is a quarterback award. I'll mention this. In the last 21 years, only twice has a running back, anyone other than a quarterback, won it. And that was a running back when Adrian Peterson won the year after he rushed or the year after he blew out his ACL at the end of the season then rushed for over 2,000 yards the next year. Vikings were 10-6, and but he was the MVP. And then the year after – the, Car- the Rams went to the – you see here, I, I, I always continue. If it's the Cardinals, I say Rams. Or you live in the of, cities, too. It's confusing. Exactly. exactly. So, But the year after the Rams got to the Super Bowl and Kurt Warner was the MVP, the next year they weren't as good as a team, but they got into the playoffs on the back of Marshall Falk. Some people thought Falk should have won the award the year before. He did score, I believe it was, 26 touchdowns that season. And down the stretch, the last three or four games, helped get him into the playoffs with just some monster games. So he won that year. But those are the only – that was 2000. That's the only two years. And nobody since Peterson, I think that was 2007 or eight or somewhere. I forget the exact year. Derrick Henry probably was – I thought he was in the mix, right, if he doesn't yeah, get hurt. But they're winning without him. Been. So you said, Howard, so it's the average. The last 21 years, the average wins for the NFL MVP is 13, like on the team. Right around 13, correct. Wow. And so, and so you know, we look at the job that all of these quarterbacks are doing, and, I, and it's kind of crazy with all these, these betting things because everyone talks about it every week, and the odds change. Oh, the odds are crazy, dude. They go all over the place, Howard. Uh, well, I know, because it's, it all, it's a week-to-week league. I'm sure Josh Allen wasn't the favorite after they lost to the Jaguars. Now they blow yeah, out. That's you know, a great point. They could, yeah, they well, that's a, hey, that's a point right there, and I love my Bills, Howard, but I'm, I'm morally opposed to giving anyone an MVP that didn't score a touchdown against the Jags in a game in a year. You know what I mean? Now, here's one for you. Here's one for you. And I think it's a heck of a race what it's probably going to be now. Because a couple of weeks ago, we would have said that Jamar Chase was probably the hands-down offensive rookie yeah, of the year. Yeah. Now, you got to be looking at Mac Jones. Hey, if the Patriots keep this up and they win the division, could you make a case for Mac Jones as MVP? Wow. I'll tell you what, offensive, offensive rookie of the year right now, he's right behind Jamar Chase right now, and the Mac Jones love fest with the media is real, and they're the ones that vote for this stuff, right? Yes, but yeah, 50 people in the media. So I'm not saying he would get enough votes to win, but, boy, you can make a case for it if the Patriots continue doing what they're doing now and winning games with a rookie quarterback and say, oh, my goodness, where would, where would this team be with some other guy? I mean, so, but I think that shows, though, how wide open it is. This oh, year. it really is. Yeah, because all, all the guys who are really good have had some, you know, bad games. So what happens? So I'm sure, it, like I said, it will come down down the stretch. You know, what, which teams win 12, 13, who knows, maybe 14 games. Remember, it's a 17-game schedule. And which quarterback, if it is a quarterback, is, the, is, is perceived to be the guy that was most valuable on those teams that have won a lot. And that'll be the guy who will probably win it. But I, I think right now, I don't care what the odds say. That doesn't mean anything. It, it's, it, it's totally up in the air and maybe a coin flip right now.
You know what? It's such a fun season in that way. You wake up every Sunday morning and you really don't know what's going to happen on any given Sunday. Howard Balzer, it's always a pleasure, sir. I know you're busy. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Look forward to catching up with you again down the road, my man. Look forward to it, Gabe. Take care. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Can't believe we're on the Canadian Olympic basketball team. Yep, it's just that easy. Wow, that was close. You can be the center. Quickest 180 minutes of Sports Talk Radio continues. I am Gabriel Moranzi, Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Networks, the mightier 1090. Let's do this thing. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff uh, still to get to here uh, this evening, including an update. I was getting into some college uh, football. And uh, we got uh, we got some updated numbers, some future numbers uh, coming up uh, here for you including Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. A lot of stuff uh, to break down uh, here still. So thanks to Howard Balzer for joining us on the program. Um, So obviously San Francisco wins this evening. They get it done. And that's another underdog. Uh, that wins, all right? That's another underdog that wins, and the underdogs just keep cashing this year, and that's 10-4 and four on the week. It's amazing, man, moving in on like a 59% clip on the year, and that's pretty much unheard of, actually. Like, the odds makers are having a really hard time, a difficult time, so, like, if you're losing with the NFL, don't uh, don't feel bad. The odds makers are having a problem. It's not normal. Like, it's up to them. Like, they've got to balance it out, right, that the underdogs are covering as much as they are. So that's pretty crazy that you could just blindly bet, blindly bet on every underdog this year in the National Football League, and uh, you would have won, like, a 59% clip as uh, the San Francisco 49ers cash tonight against the Los Angeles Rams. Man, that's crazy. Uh, that that's that's nuts. Uh, what's also crazy, in which you don't really realize it, you know, they've sort of quietly done this, but the Green Bay Packers, all right, because you know what's crazy, the Dallas Cowboys were the only team um, in the league to cover the point spread in every game, all right, up until the Denver game, 
And they've covered every game except one. The Denver game's the only game that the Cowboys have not covered this year, which is super impressive um, against the spread. But the Green Bay Packers, remember the Packers were terrible in week one, and ever since then, uh, they've covered every week. So they've covered nine straight times. It's the third longest streak um, in the Super Bowl era, man. It's pretty nuts. And, in fact, you have to go all the way back to 1992. Uh, the San Diego Chargers covered the spread in 13 straight games in 1992, and that was a great run. I was on that run. Uh, the Stan Humphreys, remember Stan Humphrey, Bobby Ross uh, was the head coach. They were covering, they were a covering machine, man. The Chargers. It was a great run. That's the year they went to. The, was that the year they went to the Super Bowl? Was that 94? Actually, I don't know. I get, I get confused uh, with the years. And then they got blown out by San Francisco or whatever it was, but. Man, yeah, the Chargers, I do remember that, run. The 1985 New England Patriots covered a spread. 1985 New England Patriots covered a spread in 14 consecutive games. The 1992 San Diego Chargers covered a spread in 13 straight games. And um, the Green Bay Packers are the first team to cover the spread in nine of the first ten games of the season. And of course, the, the, the Cowboys are right there. They've only not covered uh, once. Man, the Packers, like, that's the thing. Even when they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, they did cover the number uh, with Jordan Love. So, as far as college football is concerned, and I was actually wondering about this. I was thinking, all right, what's the number going to be with Michigan and uh, and uh, Ohio State? And we see a massive number this week, man. Michigan State and Ohio State, 18 and a half points. Uh, but uh, I see here... Um, that um, I believe it's Circa. Circa does not have a number up uh, yet. Yeah, Circa Sportsbook Director Matt Metcalf. Matt Metcalf uh, says uh, that uh, they opened up at 20 against Michigan uh, Michigan State, but it got bet down to 18 and a half. And uh, when asked about Ohio State and Michigan, uh, he said that the Ohio State Buckeyes will be minus six. Which is somewhat like, wow. Like, that's kind of low. And I'm a Michigan fan, and I was thinking it was going to be double digits. Uh, I was thinking nine and a half, ten and a half, because it's on the road, you know what I mean? But, I mean, they have won, like, 12 years in a row or something like that, by, like, an average of 20 points. <laughs> Whatever the hell it is, I don't want to know the exact numbers. It's too too brutal. But that that's the advanced number right now. That's what the Circa is saying. And in fact, the Circus Sportsbook director says he thinks Michigan are the fourth best team in college football. They're ranked fourth in the Circa Power Rankings. Ohio State minus six against Michigan. But obviously there's some games to be played. Michigan gets uh, Michigan play Maryland this week, and they can't get caught looking ahead. I don't think they will. We didn't really get into it too much on Sunday due to the fact of um, – do you know? It was NFL Sunday. We recap all the games and everything. And tomorrow night, the college football rankings come out. So tomorrow we'll bang. We'll talk college football tomorrow night uh, more. So when you know, I want to see the new rankings, it's going to be interesting. It's funny for people to say they don't matter. Oh, they matter, especially now. They're starting to matter for real. Classic example is like Michigan and Michigan State. Remember last week uh, there was quite like the there was quite the outrage. And understandably so, and I'm a Michigan fan, but I do think it was stupid that Michigan State were ranked ahead, you know, behind Michigan. And people think, well, it doesn't matter anyways, but it actually does. 
if this is what's crazy is if Michigan and Michigan State both end up with the same record, which is a very distinct possibility, okay? I mean, there's only two games left for each of them. Like, and and if you look, it's not easy. Michigan State play Ohio State and Penn State. They host Penn State. They go to Ohio State. So let's assume that they're going to lose this week. They're 18 and nine point underdogs. So Michigan State's going to lose this week. And let's say they beat Penn State after. Right? So that means... That means they're gonna they're gonna be ten and two. Let's say Michigan beats Maryland this week and then loses to Ohio State. That means they're gonna be ten and two. They're both gonna be ten and two, and Michigan State beat them. Yet the trip to the Rose Bowl will be decided by whoever is the higher ranked team. So you think the rankings matter now? <laughs> right? Like, like suddenly, suddenly it's like whoever the higher ranked team is in the college football rankings, playoff rankings, they'll be the ones to go to the Rose Bowl. And it won't matter if like the head-to-head matchup. It'll just matter whatever the rankings end up saying. So the rankings are critical and how these teams play are big. Uh, still, I'm fired up. We got some action tomorrow. You got some teams looking for bowl eligibility. Uh, Toledo, Toledo's five and five. They're one win away from uh, from getting a bowl a bowl bid, and they're playing against Ohio. I'll tell you one thing about the Ohio Bobcats. All right, you know they lost Frank Solich due to health reasons. He decided to retire, and the wheels sort of completely fell off for them. They're three and seven straight up. They're not going to any bowl game. They're five and five ATS, but. They've gotten better as the season has gone on, this football team. Like, if you look at this team, you know, they lost to Syracuse 29-9. to All right, they got blown out, basically. They lost to Duquesne, all right, Duquesne. Um, they lost to ULL 49-14. They lost to Northwestern 35-6. You see, like, okay, they got, they got messed up early where they were outclassed. After that, they beat Akron 34-17. They lost by three against Central Michigan. They lost by one against Buffalo. They lost by six against Kent State. They beat Miami of Ohio outright. They beat Eastern Michigan outright. So you get the pattern here? The last six football games, they have not lost a game by more than six points. And that was just once. I mean, they're a competitive team down the stretch. And you get Toledo, and Toledo are flashy, and Toledo have that, you know, they've got the brand name when it comes to the Mac. And listen, Toledo did pace Bowling Green last week, 49-17. But Bowling Green are terrible. This is a different situation. As I stated, you look going all the way back, man. That's all the way back to uh, October the 2nd. So basically, ever since they lost on September the 25th, 35-6 uh, to Northwestern, they won 34-17, they lost 30-27, to they lost 27-26, they lost 34-27, they won 35-33, and they won 34-26. Very spirited and competitive showing by the uh, Ohio Bobcats uh, over the last month and a half. And even though Toledo... You know, listen, there's a reason why Toledo need to win this game to get into a bowl because they're an average team. 
So as it is right now, I'm looking at the underdog here. Underdog in points, we should know. We were just talking about the NFL, and it's pretty crazy that it's 59% so far in the NFL this year to the underdogs. That's amazing. That you'll never see this, man, that it's one, this one-sided anything in the NFL. Right with the odds makers. The odds makers must be going crazy behind the scenes that it's that there's that much of a discrepancy. But the um, the Mac, two weeks in a row, guys, the Mac, all right? There's three games a night type of thing, Tuesday and Wednesday. And we've been betting them all, right? Because two weeks ago, we went nine and one. We killed it. Last week, it was more hit or miss, right? It was like six and four type of thing. Yet last week, I, I do recall... It was four and two to the over. All right. The week before, I think it was five and one to the over. I think there was one game that missed by like one point type of thing. Uh, the week before, basically, I hate to say, oh, you can just bet, you can bet anything blindly. Yet when it comes to the Mac, man, they're not big on defense. All right. The coaches are super aggressive. They'll go for it often. The tackling isn't great. There's some pretty good quarterbacks in the conference. It's just it's hard to want to bet the under in any of these MAC games. Now we should note the Bobcats are seven and three to the under on the season, but yeah, how's that going? I mean, last week thirty four twenty six. That was the game that actually stayed under by like the, the guys. The total was sixty one and a half, sixty two. They got to sixty, and it was another game in a MAC that stayed under last week by one point two or two points. The Buffalo game. Like, when the Mac games stay under, it's like it takes a miracle for it to stay under. So you look at Ohio, 34-26 last week, and they won on the road against Eastern Michigan. were pretty good. And then they beat Miami of Ohio in a big rivalry game, 35-33. The week before, 34-27. They're, they're getting into the 20s and the 30s, these guys. Toledo, last week, and if you guys tuned in to Game Time Decisions last week, I'm kicking myself because this game, we should have put $2,000 on it. Was was Bowling Green and Toledo. The total was 50. I remember like it was yesterday. Well, it was only six days ago. Or now moving on seven days ago. We were on the air and I was talking to them. I'm like, I don't understand how the total is 50 in a Mac game. And the total was 50. Toledo scored 49 points on their own. Now you have a similar situation where it's a very manageable total here in this football game at 54 and a half. I'm going to be smashing the over this Toledo and uh, Ohio Bobcat game to go over. And I like the underdog here. I think the dog is worth a, a long look. We're going to break down all the games, obviously, on Game Time Decision, 6 o'clock Eastern, Sirius XM Channel 159. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. class. You know what? We haven't spent a lot of time talking about the Heisman. Brent Beard, who joins us uh, every Friday, he's actually a Heisman voter, and uh, we'll discuss it this week with him. You know, now it's the time of the year. We don't really have to wait much. There's only a couple of weeks left, so I think it is time to you know to step up, and we can pull the trigger now on a Heisman. We'll get into this uh, this week, start to kick the tires. So recent futures that we're, we were adding to the portfolio, Baltimore Ravens minus 130 to win a division. Kansas City Chiefs plus 100 to win a division. Uh, Dak Prescott plus uh, 800, now down to 700 to win the MVP. There's still football left to be played. There's no player in college football that has stepped up and said, you know what, give me the Heisman. You know what I mean? There's not that Desmond Howard, like, you know what I mean? There's not that moment where, you know, somebody's, you know, there's no pose coming here. You know what I'm saying? There's no there's no pose. Bryce Young of Alabama's put up a lot of uh, some, some big numbers. I mean, 3,000 yards, you know, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions, right? But I think Alabama are going to lose again, right? And the thing is, the, the votes will be in before they lose in, in a championship game, but... I'm not sure. I I just don't feel Bryce Young right now. Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State, I think you can make a legitimate argument that he's the best player. The guy, the kid's a stud. He's got massive numbers. He's going to rush for like 2,000 yards this year. He's he's got 17 touchdowns, probably going to have 20 touchdowns before it's all said and done. It comes down to this game. If Michigan State beats Ohio State, Kenneth Walker is going to have to play. Well, he's going to win the Heisman. It's going to be one of those deals. Except I don't think they're going to win. I think Matt Corral is running out of gas right now. Hasn't won enough games. Kenny Pickett, not, not, not enough. It's The hype isn't there. I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. I hope I'm wrong because I hope Michigan beat him. But my gut tells me C.J. Stroud's the hot, the hot pick right now. We'll break it down throughout the week. Playoff rankings tomorrow. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 